G'day and thanks for tuning in to the Outpost Church podcast. We are currently in the midst of 21 days of prayer and fasting as a church and we are eager to finish strong. We're also in the middle of a series on Philippians where we are growing in our understanding and application of the fellowship of the gospel. I hope you find this teaching from our Sunday gathering encouraging. Awesome, thanks Dave. Um, so yeah, as Dave said, my name's Nick. I think yeah, there's a few of you here that I haven't met, so hopefully you get to know me a bit through what I share today. But yeah, it's great to be back um, with the Outpost crew here. I spent the last year up in Balaclava with my lovely fiance. She was teaching up there and yeah, we've been going to church up there and now we're sort of relocated back down here. And married now, she's now my beautiful wife. <laughs> That's also happened. Yep, something else happened. Yeah, so today we'll be continuing our series um, looking through Philippians. So there's a few Bibles around. If you guys want to just grab one and crack it open to chapter 2, we'll be looking at verses 12 to 18 today. And I wasn't organized to get it on screen, so please grab a Bible and open it up. Philippians, yep, chapter 2. So this week I had a conversation with a mate of mine and we were sort of, I can't really remember how we got to it, but we were sort of just like marvelling at the way um, people that are on the spectrum with autism, they're just like at times have this ability to really focus in and narrow in their attention on something and become really skilled in certain areas. And so like a few examples that came to mind was there's this customer that came into work and he like I remember him telling us this story that he was on a flight and he hacked the in-flight monitors and started playing his own movie on it. And I was like, for myself, I would have no idea how to even get to that point, but he was just so skilled with IT and tech. And another um, story was this guy who's just, he was so talented at piano and he just put so much focus into piano that he could literally listen to someone play a piece of music and then without learning it, he could just play it out himself just from that focus he put into it. And yeah, it got me thinking about how as, as us as humans, like when we put our undivided focus into something, it can bring so much clarity and amazing fruit from it. So in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 7, it says, Consider what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. And the word consider there is similar to that word focus. It's to stop and ponder or, yeah, to really like think about it. And so that's what this week I've had the privilege of doing with this Philippians passage is to really just, yeah, dive into it, stop and ponder it. And, yeah, I believe the Lord's given me some things to share with you guys from it. So, yeah, let's pray and then I'll get someone to read that out for us. Father, I just thank you for this time we have to gather together. That we actually have, yeah, a cut out time in our week that we can stop and look at you for a bit. Turn our attention to you and listen to you, receive your love for us. Allow you to transform us. So I just ask you to do that today through the things I say and through this time together. In Jesus' name. Amen. 
So I want to read that out for us. Bring the mic over to Steve. So chapter 2, verses 12 to 18. Thanks, mate. Therefore, my dear friends, just as you have always obeyed, so now, not only in my presence, but even more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who is working in you both to will and to work according to his good purpose. Do everything without grumbling and arguing, so that you may be blameless and pure. Children of God, who are faultless in a crooked and perverted generation, among whom you shine like stars in the world, by holding firm to the word of life. Then I can boast in the day of Christ that I didn't run or labor for nothing, but even if I am poured out as a drink offering on the sacrificial service of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. In the same way, you should also be glad and rejoice with me. Awesome, thanks Steve. So you see there, Paul starts off pretty much saying, you obeyed when I was there, so obey me even more so when I'm not there. So who's ever heard of the phrase Sunday Christianity? Anybody? A few people? So pretty much that was what my my life was growing up, was Sunday Christian is someone who acts completely different on a Sunday, they're good on a Sunday, and then the rest of the week their character looks nothing like that. And so that was sort of how my journey has been. I was grew up going to church on Sundays, hanging out with my best mate who was there, which was pretty much the only reason I was going. I believed that like God was real, but like didn't pay any attention to him and didn't really care about him as soon as I walked out the door. And so my character wasn't consistent. And that's what Paul's really alluding to here. He's saying, you're consistent when you're with me. I want you to be even more consistent when I'm not there with you. And I remember admiring my mate who was there. His name was Mark. I used to admire the way that his personality didn't change. He has this sort of like quirky sense of humor. And it didn't matter who he was around, like what level of popularity they were, didn't matter. He was the exact same person all the time. Whereas I found in myself, I was chopping and changing just to sort of, yeah, suit what I thought that person wanted to see. So consistency of character in the Christian walk is hugely important. If we look at the life of Jesus, he... He was the same person the whole time. In Hebrews, it says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So we didn't see Jesus on when he was at the synagogue on the Sabbath preaching. He was perfect then, but then when he went and hung out with his disciples, he was getting drunk and paying people out and just loving crew humor, which sometimes is called banter these days, <laughs> not all the time. But that wasn't what he was like. And so we're called to like follow Jesus. And so if we didn't see in his life, that's what we should be going for in our life. So he's consistent in his character. So Paul Hughes saying to us, the thing that we're supposed to obey is that we're supposed to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. So what does that even mean? And then how do you even do that? What is working out your own salvation? Is it... Like a maths equation where you 
sort of have to intellectually understand it and comprehend it. And when you've got perfect theology on it, that means you've worked out your own salvation. I've found for me an easier way to understand it is to look at it as like an outworking of your salvation. So, for example, my job during the week, I'm a barista. And so for me to outwork the fact that I'm a barista, that that's my job title, I need to be making coffees in order to be outworking myself as a barista. For a learner driver, if they're to outwork their status as a learner driver, they've got to be in a car and driving. Otherwise, they're not outworking their status as a learner driver. And so for us in this context, to outwork our salvation means to show people that we are saved. And so you've got to know what you're saved from, like, So for us to outwork our salvation, it's showing people that we are saved from being dominated by other people's opinions. We're saved from being selfish. We're saved from being angry all the time. And we're just saved from the power of sin in general. So again, how do we even do that? So if we read on in verse 13, it says, For it is God who is working in you both to will and to work according to his good purpose. So that's a pretty good deal. God is in us. He's changing our desires to want to do good and he's actually empowering us to also do good. And that's completely different to the pre-Christian life, to someone who isn't saved. So when Paul's referring in Romans 7, he says, he's referring to his life before he was saved and he's saying in verse 18, For I know that nothing good lives in me, that is, in my flesh. For the desire to do what is good is with me, but there's no ability to do it. So that's completely different to someone who is saved. So that's the gospel. The gospel is that God is now in us. Sin is not in us anymore. We still have the ability to sin, but it's not actually in us, causing us to do it all the time. God is in us. He's given us a new heart. It says that he took, he replaced the heart of stone with a heart of flesh. He's written his law on our hearts now. He's given us that desire to do good. We know what is right and wrong. And it, the best part about it all is he's given us himself. He's given us his spirit, which is the ability to walk out that law, which we now know about, under grace. So that might be something that you've, heard a million times and you're familiar with it and it doesn't really do anything for you or maybe that's brand new and you're just trying to process it all but regardless of that like I've known that for a while and I still find myself getting frustrated that like I know this truth but then my life doesn't line up with the reality of that truth that I'm not living out what I believe all the time and this week so it's amazing I get to work with Scotty like most days during the week and we spend a bunch of time talking about coffee, other random things, and then we get to talk about the Lord as well. And this week, he challenged me with this question. He said, how do you go with this in your life? Do you find yourself allowing Holy Spirit to live through you, or do you try to live like Jesus? So it sounds like a similar thing, but just take a second to ponder that for your own lives. Do you allow Holy Spirit to live through you, Or do you try to live like Jesus?
So for me, far too often, I'm catching myself trying to live like Jesus. Like I read the scriptures, I see what he lives like. I know that's what we're supposed to live like, and then I try to do it. But it doesn't matter how hard you try, you can't live like him. It's only him in us that can cause us to live like him. So those, those times when I am allowing Holy Spirit to actually live through me, I accomplish so much more in his power than I ever do in my own. So to get really practical with this, Dave's already led us in what I was actually going to talk about today. And, and that's just turning our attention to him. Just in those moments of just like eyes closed, however you do it, just putting your focus on him and allowing him to change us. And so Waves and I, we've got this verse that's just constantly popped up in our relationship from the very beginning and it still keeps coming up here and there. But Waves, do you remember what it is? Psalm 37.4 and says, Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Pass the test. Good one. <laughs> Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And I was looking at that psalm this week and it's awesome how it just it really mirrors what this Philippians passage is saying. So I'll flick there quickly and read it for you. Just the two verses. So verse 4 and 5. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desires. Commit your way to the Lord, trust in him and he will act. So that's heaps different to trying to live like Jesus. It's just enjoying him, delighting in him and he just changes your desires. It allows him to mold you from the inside out. And then not only that, you commit your way to him and you trust him and it says that he actually acts for us. You might have heard, as Shane's been preaching through Philippians, how often Paul mentions rejoicing. And so that word delight can also be just put out there as to be happy about. And so Paul here in verse 17 and 18, he says, I'm glad and rejoice with all of you. And then in the same way, you should also be glad and rejoice with me. And then further down, even in chapter 3, he says, In addition, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. To write to you again about this is no trouble for me and is a safeguard for you. So my encouragement today and what I felt to share was take the time in our weeks, take the time in our days to just stop for a moment, turn to him and delight in him. Delighting in him might seem hard, but as soon as you turn to him and if you catch a glimpse or however that comes to you, whether that's like, sensation of his presence or you think about something that's true about him but just taking those times to delight in him allows him to mold us and change us so i wanted to invite yeah, the worship team back up and just encourage you guys today that we have a loving heavenly father who wants the best for us and he's wanting us to live out the fullness of our salvation. And that simply is just living in communion with him. So I'm just going to take the time to read this passage over you again. And as we yeah, slowly enter back into worship, um, just posture yourselves to encounter him. This is like God's word. This is himself 
as I share this with you. So yeah, whether that's closing your eyes or whatever it is, just prepare yourself to encounter him as I read this over you. So therefore, my dear friends, just as you've always obeyed, so now not only in my presence, but even more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it's God who is working in you, both to will and to work according to His good purpose. Do everything without grumbling and arguing so that you may be blameless and pure children of God who are faultless in a crooked generation. Among whom you shine like stars in the world by holding firm to the word of life. Then I can boast in the day of Christ that I didn't run or labor for nothing. But even if I am poured out as a drink offering on the sacrificial service of your faith, I'm glad and rejoice with all of you. And in the same way, you should also be glad and rejoice with me. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast i want to make sure that you are aware of our upcoming discipleship training week it is almost upon us it is february the 21st through to the 25th and we have sessions that'll be going from 8 30 a.m until 2 p.m as well as a couple of things happening in the evenings but monday to friday 8 30 to 2 and uh, we will make that available through the podcast but would love you to be able to join us in real time whether that's in person or online so check out the Discipleship Training Week from Outpost Church on our Facebook event for more details. God bless you.